Welcome to MASH Forever. My name is Carrie and I'm hosting this podcast and I've been doing this for a little bit over a year now and I just wanted to honor my favorite TV show of all time and I would venture a guess to say that MASH is probably one of the most popular shows in television history. At least in my humble opinion it is. So I just do this podcast because I really love the show. I love learning about the show. I love talking about the show. I've been a fan since I was about nine years old in 1979. So I've got lots and lots of years of watching the show over and over and over again. And I just really love to share my passion for the show. And to get us started today, we're, we've got a special episode. But before we get to that, I always like to share what I've learned about... Uh, upcoming appearances by the stars of MASH or just anything noteworthy that I think is helpful to pass along. And the first thing is I was noticing on MASH Matters on their Facebook page that Jeff Maxwell re-released his cookbook, Secrets of the MASH Mash Mess, <laughs> trying to say that 10 times fast, uh, the 50th anniversary edition. So that was very exciting to listen to that podcast and hear about what is going to be in this new version. And I'm really excited to pick up a copy of it. So very exciting news on that front. And then I also learned that Loretta Swit will be in Marlboro, Massachusetts, October 27th through the 29th. And I'm recording in 2023. So that's October 27th through the 29th. She will be appearing at the International Gem and Jewelry Show at the Marlboro Royal Plaza Arts Trade Center. And that'll be in Marlboro, Mass. So I plan to be there and I've got to dig out one of my MASH memorabilia items for her to sign. I met her a little over a year ago and I also met her at a jewelry show back in 1998 and 1999. So I'm excited to see what she might be selling in the way of jewelry. And then she is going to appear at the International Gem and Jewelry Show two more times in December. I saw that one appearance is going to be at the Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont, Illinois, December 8th through the 10th. And then again, December 15th through the 17th at the Dulles Expo Center in Shan... Chantilly, Virginia. Hopefully I am pronouncing that correctly. So if you're anywhere near any of those places, uh, definitely check out. Uh, oh, 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 and I missed one. Loretta Sweat is also appearing with Jamie Farr at the Galaxy Con in Columbus, Ohio, December 1st through the 3rd, 2023. So if you can get to any of those locations, uh, it's it's such a treat to meet them, to meet her. Uh, definitely it's 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 memorable and it's it's just sweet it's really nice to be able to meet them and talk to them and just they're very nice people and it's just fun to be able to share to show my appreciation and tell them how grateful I am for them so it's just fun so hopefully you can get to one of those dates that I just mentioned and then uh, for the show today I interviewed my fellow co-moderators on the MASH the Series Facebook group and fan page on Facebook. And BJ and Ian joined me and we hashed out the top 25 funniest moments of the series. And so what we did was we each 
came up with our top 25 moments in the 11-year run of the series, and we determined which ones were our our funniest moments that we thought were the funniest moments, and we compared notes. So it's a fun interview that I had with them, a fun conversation. And without further ado, here is our my conversation with Ian and BJ. So with me today, I have Ian and BJ, and they help co-moderate the MASH the Series fan page and group on Facebook. And I'm very excited to have them here, and I want to dive into what we're going to talk about today. We wanted to kind of dissect what each of us thought were the funniest moments or episodes in the series. So we are going to dive in right now and I'm gonna go down my list a bit and I am going to talk about moments from Mr. and Mrs. Who. Love that episode. <laughs> and I think the, the two moments that come to mind, well, three moments from that episode that come to mind are when Klinger runs into the tent and explains who's on the phone for Charles and it's Mrs. Chuck Winchester. And uh, the next one is uh, Colonel Potter said to Winchester, if you are through mooing during their little staff meeting. And then Hawkeye says, I think you look adorable with smiles painted on your knees. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, you left out my favorite line in that whole episode, though, which I agree is absolutely riotous, which is when he looks at her and he just says, what is your name? I <laughs> can't even remember. Charles, I, most people, you guys definitely know because I talk about it on the boards a lot, but Charles has always been my favorite. So that's one of my, that episode, anyone that where David Ogden Steers got to kind of take front and center was one of my favorite. Any thoughts there, BJ? Wow, it, that, that one actually wasn't on my radar, but that's a really good one. I do like that one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what, what my favorite line would be um i think it was something to the effect of like when colonel potter saw saw her for the first time and he's like you know to winchester like you know don't let that go, that one get away or something like that like you yeah <laughs> yeah or like that nice going there when you know winchester or something yeah that's funny too <laughs> yeah that that's a good one uh i actually had i did have that episode on my list but um Actually, Carrie, some of the quotes that you mentioned I had forgotten about, like the smiles on the knees, which, which is really funny. Yeah, well, that's when they find, I think that's, isn't that when they find the pictures? Yes. It gets the film developed yes. and yes. yeah, yeah, they find yep. the picture. Yeah, that's, that's classic. That's a very, very funny episode. And, you know, later in the, in the series, I, I'm curious to see if you guys feel this way. You know, they generally tended, I think, to lean a little bit more to the drama side of the dramedy, you know, and and so I think that made the funnier moment, the funny moments in the later seasons, sometimes even funnier, you know, because uh, they weren't quite as frequent as they were in the beginning when it had more of that kind of slapstick sort of, uh, you know, feel to it. So that, I think that's why, like, when I went down my list and looked at them, a lot of the episodes that I have on mine are actually later season episodes, although the top of the list is almost all seasons one to three, but uh, I, I, I've, I was thinking of that as I went through that some of those later episodes, the humor just punches through because it's usually wrapped around a lot of very serious uh, themes. So. so BJ, do you want yeah. to give us a moment or an episode that is down a little bit on your list? Um, Soldier of the Month. I like that one. <laughs> I like when they're given 
where they're given the enlisted men, the, uh, the test, uh, uh, let me see, let me find my, my notes for that one. Uh, when, uh, Hawkeye is introducing my associate judge, Captain B.J. Honeycutt, who was instrumental in last year's selection of Miss Junior Puberty and Miss Gutterball. And when <laughs> your claps and, and B.J. says, thank you, fan. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, Sergeant J Zale, many of the settlers who came to California in 1848 were searching for what? Palm trees. How the hell do I know? I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one was not on my list actually but it should have been i completely forgot about that one and then and then zale saying when are you going to get to the capitals i know state capitals i'll show you ask me the capital of cleveland i just love that <laughs> the capital of cleveland wait a minute <laughs> that was a good one i zale was a i thought i always felt was a little underused because he was pretty funny yeah. um mm-hmm he, he had a lot of funny moments in the show. I especially liked when he would get at it with Klinger. You know, they always had their mm -hmm. their fights. That was always funny. He kind of got replaced by uh, Rizzo later in the series. Yes. I love Rizzo. Yeah, me too. Was that on your list, uh, Carrie? Did you have that one? Not on your at all. No, no. It should have been on my list, but it, it wasn't. I, when you, as soon as you said it, I started laughing, and I was, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a great episode." But it was not on mine either. I, oh. I forgot about that episode entirely. Uh, but it is very funny. That's a good. That's a great pick, uh, BJ. I really like that one. Well, and I, I always use the line. I thought there were going to be refreshments here. I thought there were going to be refreshments here. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That is where that line is from. <laughs> that, that's yeah. a meeting staple for me. Yeah. I'm kind of, that raises a funny question. Do you find yourself using like little sort of either direct kind of mash quotes in real life or, or even like inspired by, mm -hmm. uh, you know, quotes? I do too. And it's like funny because, you know, I mean, especially for me, like, I mean, a lot of the people I work with, they're not as, you know, my age. And they never watch Mash. I think most people think I'm crazy when I drop those on. I remember when I was little, I was a big, and I still am, Henry Blake is my favorite character. So I think when I was little, I started using his his phrases. Blakeisms. Oh, my God. He is so funny. But most of my funny list has, is revolves around him. Yeah, which I can understand. Um, I, you know, yeah, and, and I have to be honest, my top like three my, my top three well actually two of my top three moments are are henry moments and yep. and i have a couple other ones on here that i think are just uh i mean well i don't want to spoil it but oh i guess it's my turn maybe i will spoil it. maybe i will maybe i will go to a henry blake then um let me, let me find a good henry blake uh let's see where is okay so so this episode is actually not overly funny as an episode it's actually relatively relatively serious uh and the episode is cowboy um if you remember from i think it's from season one mm -hmm. and uh the plot basically is that you know there's this chopper pilot who's uh whose wife has you know sent him a dear john letter and he wants to go home and henry won't let him so henry starts to befall this series of like uh you know like, like he's he's golfing and somebody takes a pot shot at him and but the one that always gets me that just I has me in stitches every time is he's sleeping and the, and and this jeep gets you know fired up and goes driving right through his tent and he's just sort of he they dig him out of the rubble and he's just sort of like incoherently mumbling like 
Jeep for my tent. Jeep, tent, crash, boom. Jeep, you know, and it, and he just, he's like, they take him over to the swamp and like, even like 30 seconds later, they're like, are you okay, Henry? And he's like, Jeep, crash, tent, boom. <laughs> that one just gets me. And again, it may be because it's wrapped around what is relative, you know, a relatively serious episode, but that he, I, I think, uh, McLean Stevenson, when he had those like really high comedy moments, boy, he really delivered. That was, mm-hmm. he was great with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Any, either of you have that on your list? No, nope. I did not. I'm sorry, but that's that's a great one. Those no are need good to moments. apologize. Yeah, that that that, and I think I can't remember. There's also one where he's in the latrine and it blows up isn't, on him. Isn't that the same episode? It it might be. I couldn't remember, but that's yeah. another one because he has a similar. You know, he kind of emerges out oh. of the and he's got the toilet seat around his neck. You know, he's all in. <laughs> Father McKay was in the next one over. And yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And fa- is that the one where Father Mulcahy he comes out and he tells that ridiculous story about like <laughs> his sister? I can't remember what the he, he's got some. Yeah, his and mother. Bobby oh, came in and said, "Hey, what the hell's going on?" Here? <laughs> that's the first time I ever heard my mother swear. swear. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. See, that's that's another part of that is just really, really funny. So, yeah, that that was that was one of the ones that popped in my mind pretty pretty early on as I was pulling my list together. Okay. All right, Carrie, you're up. I'm up again. So my next moment is the episode. Oh gosh, what's the name of it? Oh my gosh, the desk. You know, the oh. Oak to market to market to market to market. Nope, oak. Yeah. <laughs> oak desk. Is nope. it oak? No, <laughs> no, oak. oak. <laughs> that just always gets me. Yeah, that one. That one's on my list too. But uh, I'll I'll save my scene until after BJ gets to get to go through her comment. Okay, so BJ, what do you think? Oh yeah, that was that was definitely on my list. There's just a lot. You know, you got you have Jack Sue on there, oh. who's just a he's just a delight. You know, and mm-hmm. when uh, Hawkeye and Trapper are at um, at his place and. You know, he's like, you haven't even, you know, this is just the showroom. You haven't yeah. even the warehouse. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, he Jack Sue was great in that episode. He really was. Yep. And it did. The I think my favorite moment in that episode is is at the very end when he when he comes out and he just sees his desk flying off underneath the helicopter and he says is is that my desk he's just kind of where's it going like he's just like, he's completely befuddled as to what's going on which of course was his general sort of state of demeanor in most cases he was always sort of confused by life so that that's a great episode that is really a good choice carrie okay bj you're up Ooh, um Let's see. Well, movie tonight, movie tonight is just a, mm-hmm. an overall, just a joy. Um, mm-hmm. it, it not that it has any like special lines per se, but just the camaraderie and just the overall feel good uh, nature of the of the movie or the, of the um, of the show. Really, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't have much to say. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So, so movie tonight is it, uh, has like four entries on my list of twenty five because <laughs> it is. I think it's my second 
favorite MASH episode, or it's certainly in the top three anyway. I remember being very young. Um, I don't know when that episode aired. It was probably in the late 70s, I would guess. Um, you know, so I was probably still single digits. And uh, watching that show with my parents was a big, you know, we, it was a big family thing we used to do. And I remember when that episode came on for like weeks afterwards we we were singing the song right like which is probably i think most people that's like their favorite part right when they're all singing the you know the army life song and i i just i always have really fond memories of that episode it was it was it just always made me laugh like you've got the classic um colonel potter you know jocularity jocularity and imitating with the father mulcahy sound alike contest Mm -hmm. and uh yeah, that that is a great episode. Definitely had a lot of those uh, a lot of those scenes on my list. They are that is uh, that was a great choice, PJ for sure. Well, and then when um, Frank chimes in on the song, like <laughs> so late, and it's so like just utterly morbid. inappropriate, right? Like it's just I know, and it's it again. Like I was not a fan of the Frank Burns character, and but. I loved Larry Linville. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I'm not a fan of the Frank Burns character is because I felt it was a it was a jip for for Larry Linville to never get the chance to do with his character what all the rest of them did, right? Like, you know, if you look at the way Margaret Houlihan's character evolved over the series or Klinger or any of these other people, like and Frank just stayed the exact same sort of buffoon the entire time. It just I I just felt like had they given him a chance to kind of grow like the other characters that I would have loved to have seen what Larry Linville had a chance to do with it. But yeah, that one is, is probably tops on the, I mean, it's just so late and it's so out of sync with like, you know, the kind of the, the feel of everybody else's, you know, and it's just, yeah, morbid is a great word for it. Right. Like, and everybody just kind of stares at him and I love the way he just kind of peters out, you know, at the very end, he's like, uh-huh, I don't want no more. <laughs> he was great he was just so great as as an actor that that's one of the things i think that made this show just so perfect was mm-hmm. this so much great acting okay ian you're up yeah let's see where am I now waiting? that she stole three or four of you no that's okay though oh, yeah. i love Sorry the fact that, that. <laughs> no no it's great i love the fact that we all are kind of in the same spot like i said when we when we were when we were doing the kind of the pre you know the pre prep for this i think there is generally a lot of consensus among mm-hmm. mash fans around you know around the episodes and which ones are the best and I, i'm not at all surprised to see that we had a lot of of overlap so let's see where do i want to go next okay um again i gotta go charles because uh he's my fave so fade in fade out which is his first episode and at the very end you know, he was famous, right, Charles, for delivering his little uh, his little diatribes. And at the very end of the episode, he's he's tried to convince Colonel Potter that he doesn't belong at MASH and, you know, he should be sent back to, to Tokyo General. And, of course, we all know Colonel Potter, you know, basically tells him to, you know, deal with it. And he stands in the doorway and he gets this very sort of haughty look on his face and he says, know this. You can cut me off from the civilized world. You can incarcerate me with two moronic cellmates. You can torture me with your thrice daily swill, but you cannot break the spirit of a Winchester. My voice shall be heard from this wilderness and I shall be delivered from this fetid and festering sewer. And that's great. It's a great line. He delivers it great. Mm -hmm. But the funny part is when he walks out of the office and Colonel Potter just goes, I think he's starting to get the hang of this. (laughs) 
you know, I always liked Colonel Potter because he always had these great moments where, like, you know, somebody was just kind of rampaging at him about something and he would just do, you know, he would just go like totally low key and be like, all right, great. Have a nice day. That one always got me because it's just, you know, Charles is just so livid and, and Potter just has this sort of utterly like out of sync response to it. <laughs> nice. I, I think Charles has grown on me as an adult because when I was a kid, that that whole thing at that end of that episode made absolutely no sense to me yeah i know and it's funny like i agree with you like you watch the shows now and you're like oh right. <laughs> like, oh yeah oh yeah okay now i get it right yeah i mean i didn't like charles at all when i was young i in fact i always i i wouldn't say i hated him but i was like eh, you know but i think as i've gotten to be able to appreciate more like of the the acting and the the actors, the, the performers that were part of the show. And really, again, Charles is another one. Like, mm-hmm. the, one of the, the great things about the show for me is the way that the characters were allowed to evolve. Mm-hmm. And I think more so even the fact that they evolved from their interactions with the other, you know, people that they worked with at MASH. And Charles was just such an arrogant bore, you know, when he shows up and he turns into, at the end, you know, a very different person. And so I think as I watched the episodes as an adult and I was able to kind of watch his transformation, I just really appreciated, you know, the way that he allowed himself to be, uh, unlike Frank, you know, he allowed himself to be sort of influenced and to grow from being exposed to people that he probably never would have been exposed to, you know, in his in his life in Boston. I definitely agree. All right, Carrie, your turn. This is from Yankee Doodle Doctor. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Henry Blake is talking to General Clayton and he goes, oh, everything's fine, sir. Well, not actually fine, actually terrible, <laughs> fine, but I mean, everything was really fine before it got terrible. <laughs> I just love that line. Everything's great, except for it's terrible. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's my favorite line from that episode. That's a great line. <laughs> just love how, just love how he delivers stuff, <laughs> and he delivers it with a smile on his face. You know, <laughs> just this goofy smile. <laughs> yeah, he was always good for those little, like, sort of mini confusing. You know, like he was trying to make a point that just kind of gets lost between his brain and his. You know, there's another one. And when you started talking about that, it, and I can't remember what it was. There's another one that's very similar to that. It- it might be the other one I wrote down. Maybe. Well, I'll hold that then. I don't want to spoil okay. it. But yeah, he had some... Oh my you, God. Are, you are absolutely right. His delivery is just what makes it. Because he just... I don't know. He manages to kind of like find this sort of deadpan, you know, like delivery that's also like at the same time a little sort of befuddled and confused. And he just did that. That whole... He played that whole like, I can't believe I'm actually in this situation. You know, what the heck is going on in my life? Uh mentality so well he just pulled it off it was brilliant he was just brilliant mm-hmm. i didn't have that i didn't have that episode on my list um but you it's did. a great it's a great you choice have that on your, you didn't have any of that episode on your list i no, i didn't oh. actually it was one of those ones that i think it just i didn't even really it just slipped my mind i didn't it didn't even come up when i was thinking through it i will admit i think i went into this with a little bit of like a. I had kind of a preconceived, um, you know, list in my head, and and it had I thought had I been able to kind of go through maybe a little deeper, I probably would have come up with that one because that is a great episode. BJ, did you have that on your list? 
It was not on my list, and and here's why: because I think like the the funniest episodes, like you said, Ian, were like the first three seasons. So if I were just totally going on funny, you know, it would be so packed, top packed, um, with the, uh, with those uh, episodes from the first three seasons. So I was trying to be diplomatic and give the the, the later seasons a little comedy love in my list. So yeah. Well, I think, you know, like I said, too, I, I, I agree with you, but I do think that the a lot of the humor in the first three seasons was fantastic. And and but I do think it it got some of the really great moments like that one just got lost because there was so much yeah. great humor. And it just was like there were so many just belly laugh moments that some of the subtler ones like that, they, they tend to get lost mentally, whereas later. Uh, you know, as I was saying before, it was so much more serious that the funny moments, I think, just happened to stand out a little bit more. But, yeah, that's I think that's a great your your, your point is is really a good one, BJ. I think that's spot on. Well, I think Larry Galbart, his writing was just so crisp. It just crackled, man. And it, it was so, you know, all the really great lines are attributed to him. And he was just he was, you know. Well, you know what's interesting is that when you listen to a lot of the interviews with the cast, and I know that they talked about this to some degree on both of the uh, anniversary specials, and I've heard it individually, there was no ad-libbing allowed on that show, like which is unusual, especially later in the series when so many of the cast were like producing and directing and writing. You know, they you weren't you read the script, and so I think you're right in many ways. They what they they couldn't ad lib, so what they had to do was find really funny ways to bring those lines to life, right? So I think when you're looking at a guy like Colonel Blake and the way he delivered some of those lines, I think that was his way of like influencing the comedy without being able to rewrite the lines or or, or create his own ad lib. He was improvising, you know, in his delivery of them, and it just turned out to be absolute brilliance. Yeah, agreed. All right, BJ, what do you got? Ooh, um, let's see. Uh, well, let's see. Let's go to a, a later uh, in the season. Uh, let's go no sweat. And the Colonel Potter talking over the PA uh, with with Margaret. <laughs> Ain't nothing more bothersome than a case of the old fanny fungus. With all this heat, that cute little caboose of yours must be red as a bee. I don't know how bad off your wazoo is, but I bet it don't come close to the rump rots I had back in the big war. <laughs> we were p- pinned down near Chantilly, and I was stuck for a whole damn night in a wet foxhole. I'll never forget it. No matter how many times you change your skivvies, the fire rule on the old back porch just keeps burning. <laughs> His little like his little like Potterisms like rump rot and you know keister itch just like they are to me some of his his little Potterisms are some of the funniest moments when he trots mm-hmm. out some of that stuff especially when he's mad you yes. know and he's just like raging and like yeah that's uh that's a very good one uh was yeah. on my list for any number of of different that was one of the episodes I put on that I just thought had a lot of really funny moments I like when he says. When he's when uh, Klinger tells him to order a helicopter, and he says, "No thanks, I'm not that hungry." <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a great episode. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very did good not make my list, though. Did not make my list. 
All right, I'm gonna go a little. I'm gonna go a little different here because I've been kind of dabbling around the bottom of my list, but I'm gonna go up to the top and 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 hit on one of my. Yeah, I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna go up near the top because I want to hit on one of my uh, all-time sort of belly laugh moments. Okay. In, in the show, and and I I'll, I'll give a little background after I tell after I mention the scene, but it's in I Hate a Mystery, which is um oh. an episode where. Uh, I know what it someone is. is someone is stealing stuff from the camp and and so Blake mm-hmm. is going to go search the camp and uh and and try and find these stolen items and so he comes into the swamp and of course you know Trapper and Hawkeye are their usual sort of disdainful selves yeah yeah whatever Henry and so he he goes up to their stove and he's holding on to the to the chimney and he says McIntyre what's in here and Trapper says so sir and hawk and henry goes soot i'll be the judge of that and he shakes the the uh chimney and this soot just comes down and hits him square in the face and henry or hawkeye and trapper just lose it you know they're just like belly laughing rolling off their bunks and henry standing there blinking the soot out of his eyes and of course he's just completely like covered in soot from head to toe and when I was a kid, I remember one of the the, the channels in, uh, you know, and again, this was so long ago that there were only like five channels, you know. And I remember they used to run a promo for their MASH reruns. And uh, and that was always included on the, on the promo. And I had never actually seen that episode because when that episode aired, I was pretty young, like when the, epi- when the show started, right? I, it was, you know, I don't know, that was probably what... When did it when did it premiere? Seventy two. Two? Yeah, two. so I, I was three. You know, <laughs> so yeah, so I didn't watch it until I was probably like, I don't know, eight, nine. Eight, nine yeah. You know, so that I, most a lot of the early episodes I saw only in rerun. And I kept it used to make me so mad because I didn't and this was of course before the internet. Like you couldn't go look it up and find out what I had no idea what episode it was. And then one day I'm sitting there and it's like, you know, five o'clock or whatever time the mastery runs. Mm-hmm. I'm on, mom, and I'm, I and my that. mom's calling me for dinner and I'm like, Hold on, mom, I've never seen this one before. I wanna I wanna watch it. And my mom's like, you know, no, you gotta come in here and I'm like, Hold on, hold on and she's getting madder and all of a sudden that seed comes on. And I was like it was like ah! Like I was, it was like this, like you know, like uh, life-altering moment. I finally got to see the whole scene in context. So that's always been one of my favorites. Every time I see that, I just laugh. At the top of my list, closer, closer to the top of my list. That was my number two. That was your number two. My number two. Put it like seven-ish, seven, six, seven. Yeah, that was my number two. But again, I think that's because of my sort of personal connection and memory to that uh, to that scene. It's just always been part of like my MASH history as a MASH fan, you know, never getting to see that episode. I was probably like 10 before I finally actually saw that episode air. It was it was like a pinnacle of my MASH. Reruns <laughs> run from five to six, uh, seven to eight. At where I lived. Yeah, I, that sounds right to me too. I I know it was five because I yes. remember yep. whenever they started, I knew it was getting close to time for my dad to come home from yep. work, yep. and we would yep. be eating dinner soon. <laughs> when dinosaurs roam the earth, but anyway. Yes. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the T Rexes in the backyard used to really be bothersome. <laughs> you know, dad'd be trying um. to get in and. So before I move forward, BJ, any comments about that that particular scene? Oh no! Well, 
God love McLean Stevenson. That had to have hurt. Yeah, I think that's all the time. Oh. Like, he got a face full of whatever that was. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it did get into his it eyes. It did not God look pleasant him. at all. I know. There's a few scenes in that in that series in general where I think that, like, oh, that must have really been uncomfortable. <laughs> but, uh, and I also use the term ill-booting gaudy. Ill-booting gaudy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's from that episode. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, ill-booting or ill-booting gaudy. Well, and you know what? Funnier than that, maybe, even, or, or more... Like, I do that in general. Like, it, not even just with Il Boot and Gotti, but I'll swap the letters of, you know, of words around all the time. And I know it came from, you know, from, from that episode. I, I'll do yeah. that just to be goofy with my kids and stuff. And I know it came. It's, it's definitely mash humor for sure. Okay. So I will go. I'll go towards the top of my list. But the top four, I'm not going to touch because I'm, I'm not sure which one's... Uh, the highest should be higher. Um, but in Change of Command, uh, they, Colonel Potter asks Margaret and Hawkeye and BJ to be in the office, and he's having them, uh, he's trying to figure out who's who, and he's like, you know, Captain Honeycock, Captain Pierce, Major Bullion, and then Frank Burns, and Margaret goes, just friends, sir. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I felt like as soon as you started to talk about that scene, I knew that was the the line you were going to mention. That is very <laughs> just good. friends, sir. Yeah, like, just oh. friends, sir. Yeah, and he just kind of looks at her too. He just gets this look on his face, like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> I like that episode though. In general, I think it's great—a great introduction to Colonel Potter. Yeah, yeah, that's a stellar one, mm -hmm. and it's right on the heels of intro introducing BJ. So, um, yeah. They did just a masterful job of introducing those new characters in a very compressed time and then just letting them go. It, it really was so well done. And somehow the show, like, didn't really suffer for it either. I mean, I'm, I, and again, this may be because, like I said, I was, I was, I watched the later shows, you know, as, live, as, but I've always been a bigger fan of, like, the later seasons. Um, and I just think, like, that must have been so hard, you know, to come in and to try and be, you know, Colonel Potter and, and replace Henry Blake, who was like just, a you know, an absolute legend. Like, and I always thought that, that, um, good grief, why am I drawing a blank on his name? All I can think of is Sherman Potter, which is clearly not the actor's name. <laughs> Harry, uh, Morgan. Harry Morgan. Thank you. Jeez. Um, that's also something about being older than a dinosaur. You can never remember people's names. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Harry Morgan just was uh, was brilliant. I mean, just absolutely brilliant in that role. Yeah. He was so, um, so good. And he could be so funny, and yet he could make you cry, like, you know, any it, the next moment. I mean, you know, if we ever were to do a, uh, a, a podcast on the most poignant MASH moments, how many of them would be, you know, Colonel Potter moments? I, I, yeah. I, I can't even imagine. That's, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's a great. That's a great choice, though. That is a very, very good episode. <laughs> well, and also, there's the scene in that episode too where he pulls up out front, and Radar sitting there with the, you know, with the tinfoil sunning himself, and he blows his horn, and Radar just says, "Stick that horn in your ear," you know, and then he, and then he, when he realizes it's Colonel Potter, he kind of stands up and holds the, you know, holds the the sun reflector over him. So, oh, God, that that episode is a riot. <laughs> Okay, BJ, you're up. Oh, gee. Uh, let's see. What do I want to hit? Uh, well, um, 
Well, since we're talking about Harry Morgan, I'm going to put in the general flipped at dawn. How did I forget that one? I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. And Henry's like, yeah, uh, don't write that down. He'll know what it means. <laughs> and and when they were going, you know, when uh, they were taking Colonel Steele and doing the, uh, going through the ranks and introducing people. And of course, there's the story of Gary Berghoff just could not keep his uh wits about him and kept it kept us uh you know and the story goes that that is like they did 18 takes and it took that's how they knew that harry morgan would be right for that role because he just him and gary Berghoff just you know were in sync and and blended so well together and they were like okay this is a really great fit yeah harry let's let's uh pen that contract in now that episode is just <laughs> riotous <laughs> wasn't that the wasn't that also when Klinger showed up dressed yeah and he has yeah. The... <laughs> now marjorie i'm in, inspecting the truth. now marjorie i'm expecting the truth. <laughs> And then, of course, the, the the best is the ending when he says, but first, a number. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? A musical number. <laughs> you know, and it just, I mean, I think, you know, there's probably some sensitivities around that scene now because it is a little bit, uh, right. there are some overtones to it. But, it, you know, at the time, nobody nobody gave it any thought. But it that that is just, a, and then he just dances out of the tent. You know, yeah. <laughs> and the guy just closes the, the binder. guy just closes the binder and like, you know, I think we're done here. Yeah, that classic. I mean, classic. That that's just you know, Harry Morgan was he could just be really funny. Like he was. That's what I'm saying. I think it's an incredible talent to be able to just be riotously funny one moment and yet you know moving people to tears in another. I mean, I just that's to me is just uh, it just speaks a ton of how how uh, what a talented actor he was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Ian, you're up. All right, so this one actually has a couple of entries on my on my list. Um, but Dear Uncle Abdul, which oh, I have wow. always found a very, very funny episode. But but to me, I think the funniest moment, really, and the one that I just can't help laughing at every time that it happens, is is at the very, very end when when BJ and, and Hawkeye are doing the bird imitations joke for the crew and trying to get somebody to pick who's the funniest, you know, and they go through the whole thing and, you know, and Charles says BJ has lilt and Hawkeye's like, who cares about lilt? You know, that whole thing is funny. But the funniest part is they go to Klinger and they say, you know, Klinger, who do you think is the funniest? And Klinger goes, that's easy. Neither one of you. <laughs> and then he goes, he's like, I got a commanding officer who dresses me up in his clothes and sits me on a horse named Sophie so he can paint his own picture. There's a priest writing war ditties and a snooty major who pays me $20 to go out into the woods with him and watch him blow up a pigeon with a landmine. And if that doesn't beat all, I got a head nurse who shoots unarmed luggage. All you two do is tell jokes all day. What's so funny about that? 
Yeah, and it's just like I just when he says he got a head nurse who shoots unarmed luggage, it's just, <laughs> I, it's just hysterical because that's of course a reference to the scene where Margaret's been trying to get her footlocker replaced the whole, and they won't replace it because it wasn't damaged in combat. So she takes Charles's shotgun and she just shoots it, <laughs> and then she tells that story about how it jumped out in front of her to save her life when a sniper came out of her closet. Oh, that that episode I think is just really really funny in general, and of course the bird imitation joke by itself is 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 funny too. <laughs> I like it when she takes the gun and shoots the shoots yeah. the luggage piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's that is just that's really really a good. And then they're standing there. Klinger and Charles are standing there, like reacting. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, and Charles is very Boston hunting attire. Yeah, with his Abercrombie and Fitch like black and red flannel jacket on and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and even the scene really when they're in when they're doing the hunting and he says, you know, Klinger's supposed to like chase the bird and Klinger does that thing where he, you know, and he, and he pretends he's a dog kind of and he goes charging, tally ho, and he goes charging <laughs> off into the woods. Yeah, that episode just in general is pretty funny. I think that's like maybe an underrated funny episode. I I, I like that a lot. Am I up right. or are you up? You are. I'm up. You're, you're up. up. I'm I just up. went, so Carrie, <laughs> your, your turn. Hard to keep track. <laughs> Hard to keep track. Okay, so let's see here. Five o'clock, Charlie. We don't need a gun or a nug. <laughs> I love that. I love that. He's reading the book. We need, you know, and you know, a nug. And like, what the heck's a no four WW nug to be specific, right? It's, it's the O four WW oh, nug. Oh God, that one. That one was good. Yeah, that That's one. Good scene of that episode. That one. That one is way up on my list. And like when they were out, and Frank is with the nug, and you know, training his his troops, and uh, you know. Trapper and Hawkeye and Radar go marching out. Of course, that's just a whole comedy. But then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Trapper says the combination of this oh. and flops what makes them hard. Yes, that very line is on my list. Great choice, BJ. I love that line. I use that line all the time. I just like flop. The, the, the idea of flop sweat just makes me laugh. I, I say that all the time. Anytime you have flop sweat in a, in a sentence. Yeah, it's always going to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I, that was on my high. It was way up on my list. Actually, five o'clock Charlie as an episode was, <laughs> was way up on my list because that one just, yeah, Carrie, your, your choice is, is excellent too. The whole nug. That's another one that I remember laughing at a lot with my family when I was young. Like we used to always talk about the O four WW nug. <laughs> well, and then when they're they're in the um, they're in the swamp, and they hear five o'clock Charlie and Frank and Hawkeye and Trapper le- go outside, and they get, and Frank has a gun, and Margaret's there too, and he, he shoots his gun and squirts water, and it, Frank was like, "Who put water in my gun?" And Hawkeye says, "Who says it's water?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that actually, uh, that that's one of the ones where, uh, where you know, Frank and his his sort of militant, uh, you know, army uh, ways are are on full display. You know, he's out there trying to teach a bunch of Koreans how to shoot like a, a forty millimeter cannon. You know, he's like an inept surgeon, and he thinks he's going to be able to teach these guys how to be effective artillery, not even any aircraft. Yeah, that's. That episode's a fun one to watch from just the shooting of it because they're out on the ranch or at the Malibu Creek State Park for part of it. 
And then in the middle of a scene, they'll move back into the interior. So for me, I get caught up in like, where are they shooting and how are they shooting? And then they, the scenes change, but they're inside, they're outside, they're, I don't, did a lot of back and forth in that episode. Yeah, Carrie, and I have to say, I'm so jealous that yeah, you me go too. out there so so often. I would love to get out there. I will definitely in. do it at some point in time. Yeah, I'm going, I'm hoping to go beginning of January with my friend who lives down that way. So I used to go to Santa Monica for business like twice a month, all the time. And I was always out there. But I just could never, you know, because it was for business, I could just never find enough time to pair out and get to the set. And then... You know, as I was trying, I started to say to myself, like, all right, I'm definitely going to, you know, do this. and I'm going to make time for it. I ended up getting a new job and I didn't have to do that anymore. So I totally missed my opportunity. But I will definitely go at some point in time. I feel like it's a pilgrimage every MASH fan needs to make at some point in time. And there's easier ways to get in. Um, so if you ever do go there, we found, Becky and I found a route that we parked on one end of the park. And then we kind of snuck through and it, it doesn't take long to get to the site from that spot um i got some tricks but but you do need half at least half a day if you're gonna be like there for an hour and you're gonna you know just just explore it and go to the visitor center and all that stuff so. oh yeah if i go it's gonna be i'm gonna do the whole enchilada you know like it because i it, it may be the only time i ever get there so i'm definitely gonna go do, uh do the whole day then yeah do, day. Do, you figure do. an hour in a half hour or so at the visitor center enjoying the the park is just beautiful oh my god just amazing hmm. absolutely amazing yeah and the bike isn't too bad so i'm gonna do it for sure yep. Yep. yep and they put a more permanent bridge in so you're not wondering how you're gonna cross the creek Yes, I knew I did see that. Um, I know that was always I know that was always a sketchy part of the journey. So yes, yes, okay. Of course, is it uh, whose turn? Not I my think turn. it's BJ now. I think it's, I think BJ. it's, it's not BJ's my turn. turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see here. Um, well, let's see. Let's circle back to Winchester and the Winchester tapes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we just have you know. The thing that, of course, that stands out at me is the end when he's pulling the rubber chicken, rubber chicken. Yeah. out of his teapot. <laughs> I just, I just love that. Yeah, yeah, that's the one where he just finishes the tape by saying, "Get me the hell out of here." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a classic Charles moment. That was on my. That was definitely on my list. Make my list, but it could have been like you know the next twenty five. From 25 to 50 funniest moments. <laughs> yeah, see, I went in it with, like, BJ, I did the same thing you did. I knew that if I went with, like, you know, the, all of the kind of funniest moments from seasons one to three, I would end up with only a seasons one to three list because there's just so many of them. So I tried to pick ones from, like, each sort of, you know, I feel like, I, I I feel like the series was sort of divided into three phases. There was, you know, one to three with that cast. And then there's like the radar era when radar is still on the show, right? And that that goes all the way through sort of Frank leaving and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, then radar leaving. And there's that middle, I guess that's like seasons probably four to eight. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, you know, the wrap up where where Klinger steps in to be the, you know, the company clerk and you you don't have radar anymore. And then, and I so I tried to find episodes and moments from each one of those, <laughs> you know, just to kind of round out my list and be fair. Um, 
I didn't. I think there's so many in the beginning that just I could. And and I know, I guarantee you every time Carrie lists one, I'm going to go, oh, that one's great. That should have been on my list. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because of my, you know, Henry's my favorite. So I, I, and those were the ones that I watched over and over when I was eight, nine, 10, 11. So, yeah. Okay. Who's up? I'm, I'm losing track. Is it me? You, Ian? I think, I think it's, it's me. Ian. Yeah, you. I think it's me. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to go here? Oh, boy. How about the Long John Flap? We'll go early seasons. Um, I think that's a season one episode, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So that's the episode where somebody mails Hawkeye, uh, you know, a pair of Long Johns. And, of course, it's a typical freezing cold uh, Korean, Korean winter. And so through a series of, uh, you know, misadventures that could only happen at the 4077th, Hawkeye gets fleeced out of his long johns because he blends them to trapper and trapper loses them in a poker game and then you know it just goes through the whole camp everybody at one point in time owns the long johns through some kind of uh you know machinations but but the scene the part that always makes me laugh at the end is when you know that i don't even remember exactly what leads up to it but hawkeye goes you know he's hawkeye's going on one of his very typical kind of rants and he says you know, and then, and if we get radar a date with a hairdryer, blah 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 blah, blah, blah you know, <laughs> and it just kind of wrap up, wraps up on that seed, and it it just uh, the it just makes me laugh because he's just you know going through all of the you know the emotions of all the nonsense that have happened in the last you know couple of days when he with his long johns because that's I, if I'm not mistaken, Henry has them last, and I think Henry yes. goes in. For a, to get his appendix out, and they're all worried that they're going to have to. And so they make the announcement over the PA that Henry's, you know, out of surgery, and they're like, he's, they're like, oh, Henry's fine, and it's kind of quiet. And then they go, and the Long Johns have been saved, and you hear the whole camp like erupt and you know, <laughs> cheers and all that. It's that's a, I think that episode is is has got some pretty funny moments. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Anybody else have that episode on their list? Mm-mm. I did. I did not um, shoot, but I was just thinking of another like really good line from that one, uh, and it's not coming to me. It'll it'll circle back in a little bit. I'm sure it will. Yeah. <laughs> was it on my list? It'd be in the second grouping. You know, fifty to you know twenty five to fifty. Twenty five to fifty. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's you, Carrie. Um, me. Um, another Henry moment, and I don't know what episodes these appeared in, um, when he has his doll on his desk. Oh, you broke my doll. Broke my doll. I didn't, you know, and, and, uh, Frank said. broke her other arm. Yeah, broke the other arm. Yeah, broke the other arm. And Frank was like, I didn't know they were naked underneath. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what episode, because I think it ran several episodes where the doll's on the desk and he breaks the arms and all sorts of stuff happens to this little doll. But I love that as like a theme. I, that think, I think that might be Operation Noselift. Was it? But I remember it being several episodes that it shows up in. Yeah, the doll's on his desk for a while, but I think when he when it gets broken, I'm pretty sure that's Operation Noselift. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but that that I really I love that. Yeah, that's always funny. I, that's another one that sticks in my mind because of his delivery. It's he's got that sort of almost whiny kind of like Henry Blake, like why is life so unfair to me kind of right, exactly. feel to it. Yeah, and you broke the other arm. <laughs> I broke the other. He's the one who breaks the arm, and I broke the other. Yes, arm. yes. I'd be curious where that is today. Like, is that in somebody's memorabilia collection? 
it's funny. Do you guys think about that all the time? Like, where are these yeah. great, amazing, legendary props? And you know what? When I do research on them, I'm bitterly disappointed to find out that most of them either got recycled at 20th Century Fox and nobody knows what the heck happened to them, or they just got thrown out or destroyed after the series ended. Don't tell me that. You know, you know, like some of the like the one. This is the one that everybody wants to know. Where are Colonel Potter's paintings? Oh, that, that was the staff that painted them, right? Yeah, they were staff paintings. But, you know, the all like, I mean, those to me would be like, you know, can you imagine? I mean, again, obviously, if you were going to own one, they would be a small fortune. I'm sure I couldn't afford one. But like, what a great thing to own that would be as a mesh, you know, memorabilia that one of the, you know, one of the paintings that he did. But they were they were done by by 20th Century Fox staff artists. And apparently uh, nobody really knows where any of them are. They, they seem to have vanished. Or then the guy who dug up the freaking um, uh, time capsule. Yeah, well, that's a funny. Like, that we should list that as a funny moment just because it happened. Like that—that's like, just a classic. Could you imagine calling Alan Alda up and saying, "Hey, what do I do with this? I found it. I don't know what to do with it." Like. <laughs> Yeah, but the best part was it was like eight years after they buried it or something. It wasn't even like buried for very long. Like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was only months afterwards. It was yeah. like yeah, right so. after. Yeah. So where are the where are the yeah. items? Like, like yeah. I thought yeah, the story was that Aldo let the guy keep them. Yeah. I thought I thought the construction guy that found them kept them. Yeah, he was. Yeah. But he didn't care about him. It sounded like. Yeah, no, I'm sure he probably them. found somebody maybe who wanted to buy them. Who knows? Yeah, I know. It's so like, I think nobody back then, like it, like I don't think that whole idea of like, you know, first of all, I think everybody knew the show was special, but I'm not sure they knew how enduring it was going to be. And nobody kept those props anymore. They were just you know tools oh. of the trade. Like nobody cared about that stuff. Well, um, I know that. I sorry, it, I didn't interrupt. The I know that the. Um, wooden bust of colonel potter uh harry morgan did have that yes yeah he kept that he kept that one i and think that's with his family now i remember reading like okay. his daughter has it or something i think right yeah but i was heartened to know that that state you know yeah and radar's teddy bear of course which has you know made the rounds and been in a variety of different private collections for a long time but isn't that back with gary now it, no he sold it again Oh, he did. Mm. I thought the last thing I had heard. That yeah, he. It was. It was auctioned off, and then somebody owned it for a long time, and then he bought it back from the guy, and then I don't know, not that long ago, a couple of years ago, maybe he auctioned it back off again. Wow. Um, and then, of course, the Hawkeye's boots and dog tags went. They just for got twenty-five thousand. How much did they go for? I didn't see what the final. One twenty-five. Actually, I have to be honest with you. I would have thought they would they would have gone for more than that. I mean, they started at ten, and I was like, okay, can I pull like ten grand out of my four hundred one k? And then when it went up <laughs> over a hundred, I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. That could compromise my retirement if I pull a hundred grand out of my four hundred one k. Yeah. 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 I um. You know, I always like. I always think like it would be so neat to own something like that. You know, and like I remember. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you guys had the chance or not, but when you, if you remember when they did the exhibit at, at the Smithsonian, um, you know, not long, I think, after the show went off the air, my um, my family and I went went down there to see it. And I remember like looking at all the props that were there and thinking like, you know, how amazing would it be to actually own these things? You know, even even back then, as I couldn't have been more than I don't know, I went off the air. I was probably 14 or 15. maybe. Mm -hmm. 
that yeah. would be that would be great to uh you know to own a piece of the show like that have any memorabilia from going to see it like did they have any kind of anything in the gift shop or i'm sure they did um if they did i was a broke 14 year old and i probably as a uh irresponsible youth lost it i don't <laughs> i don't i think i i do think i remember having a like a bumper sticker that was on my door that said 4077th and i i know i had multiple shirts um yep. and i think one of them i may have gotten from the smithsonian actually because i think it said i think it said something about the ex the exhibition on the shirt actually i had one of those oh. in fact i still have a mass shirt laying around here somewhere that that uh andy sent us when we not long after we all started uh on the moderating the page i it's somewhere i have it i just when i moved it um it it got lost in the in the move packaging somewhere and i haven't been able to dig it out yet but i do have one somewhere it's just a regular you've seen the shirts it's just a regular green shirt with the oh, okay. you know with the 4077th logo on it and then i got a couple there's a couple like patches and things i got too but yeah that was cool seeing all that memorabilia like they had so many like amazing you know there was the signpost was there and the swamp would still was there and like that's another one i i wonder do they still have the still you know is that still around somewhere i wonder where that is I would bet it's still at the Smithsonian. Yeah. I would yeah. bet. That's what I've heard because the MASH historian was talk was on MASH Matters and he got to go and see some of the memorabilia. And oh, cool. Items. Yep. You know, that's a podcast I really should make time to listen to. I just, it's so, it's so hard to oh, pry yeah. time out of my yeah, skin. It is so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's yeah. Did you all listen to the one that Alan did when he had everybody that was living back on the on his yeah. podcast? Yep, clearly, they did, yes. Yeah, they did the um, the whole kind of it was like a mini reunion. What yeah, what good. amazed me about that, and this always amazes me about anything that you see with people that were part of something legendary to you, like they couldn't even remember like basic plot points. I remember yelling at them like, "No, that's not the episode when that happened." Like they're confusing <laughs> episodes, like. You know, I'm like, you lived history. Like, how can this stuff not be like front of your mind? You know, <laughs> yeah. I was like, come on. That's not that was that was season five, episode 18. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like they, they don't seem to have the same level of. Uh... In fact, I remember one of them. I saw an interview with one of them saying they haven't even actually watched every episode of the show. I think Alan Alda's not watched all of them. Yeah, like that to me is just like what? Like, how is that even possible? <laughs> do you not know how good it was? Like, do we need to like? Yeah, that that is. I just find that all. But you know, they, I remember. It, I think I don't know if it was one of the mash cast or just you know one of the cast from some of the other shows. But they were like, look, you know, we get it. It's and we're very pleased that we have so many fans. But like for us, it was work. Right. You know, like we like it. I, I mean, it, we're not fans of the show. We, it was our job, you know. Mm -hmm. it, I, that hurts my feelings. I don't. I don't like them to feel that way. I want them to love it as much as we love it. Where did we leave off, by the way? Who who had the last funny moment? I don't even remember. Uh, the long job flap. Oh, that was me. So Carrie, we're back to you. Me. I'll go. Okay. Okay. So okay. So another Henry Blakeism. I'm gonna do a lot of Henry Blake things today. So from I believe this is from Sometimes You Hear the Bullet. Uh, Pierce, oh. that's a decision I'll decide when I decide and make my decision and that will decide it. <laughs> I'd listen to that more than once to write it down right. <laughs> another another episode that is not particularly humorous, but yet had a ton of really funny moments. Mm -hmm. It did. Oh my it gosh. Did. 
when uh, Tommy Gillis ki uh, kissed uh, <laughs> Colonel Blake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, or um, when they're drinking in the swamp and, you know, uh, Hawkeye says, I'll drink to that. And Tommy Gillis says, I never drink. I yeah. use that line all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that just reminded me of one that I'm going to fake put on my list. It wasn't on my list until just now, but I, it, I, when you said that, it just triggered a memory for an episode that I forgot about. I got to add that to my list. Okay. Okay. So any other thoughts about that one before we move to BJ? No, but that's just another, like, just it, those, those, like, like I said before, those, like, just bumbling sort of like utterly confused lines that Henry would deliver with such crispness and just like, you know, deadpan. Perfect. Just a great, great choice. Love that line. All well, right, BJ. This will dovetail perfectly into what I'll present next, and that's uh, Private Charles Lamb. Oh, my God, yes. On my list, yep. <laughs> I have that, yes. Henry's rant. Do I know, do I know anything? Everything in this country disappears except me. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> Boy, would I... I like to wake up some morning, look down, and find myself gone. <laughs> You're babbling again, Henry. Colonel yeah. Andropolis has the thing, the lamb, flown all the way from Greece, and now the damn lamb's flown the coop. <laughs> the UN command and souls call, boy, am I in Dutch with the Greeks. I'm up to, I'm in trouble up to my what's-this. One more chewing out and my belly button will cave in. <laughs> I've got command on my tail and a hospital full of Greeks waiting for a lamb who's sitting on a plane on his way to Iowa to become Radar's little, little brother. <laughs> that was on my list. That line made my list. Oh, man. I love if you that. You keep rant. going. I don't know if it's before or after. I like. I gave a discharge to him. I for... gave a discharge to his sheep. <laughs> so that's, that one was on my list. That one was oh. near the. That's near the top of my list. And again, that's another one that my family was one of my family. Like when that episode was on, that whoever noticed it would yell, "Private Charles Lamb is on!" And like everybody <laughs> would run downstairs, you know, and we'd all gather around the TV. And that, you know, for the next thirty minutes, that's all you did was watch Private Charles Lamb. But my mom and I still will joke about that episode randomly, like when we're, you know, when when, when we're together, just out of nowhere, just the Private Charles Lamb reference will come up. <laughs> That's a great, that's a great pick. Okay, Ian, it's you. I was actually going to go to Private Charles Lamb, but I'm going to go, I'll go with the one that I just thought of that should have been on my list that wasn't. Um, it's a BJ line, uh, and I cannot remember the name of the episode, but it's the one where his buddy from college visits him. Oh, yeah. Um, Leo Bartonero. Yeah, Leo Bartonero. Is that, is that, uh, it's, is it Last Lap? I think it's yeah. Last Lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so they, uh, you know, they go through the whole thing and, you know, he steals his travel papers and they're they, Hawkeye and BJ at the end are sitting in the uh, in the tent drinking and Bardnero comes in and, you know, they play with him and then they finally give him his travel papers. And he says, hey, I, I don't have any wheels. How am I going to get to Kimpo? And BJ goes, oh, take our Jeep. It's right outside. It's all gassed up. And he goes, oh, thanks. That's great. He runs out and gets in the Jeep and takes off. And Hawk, they find out, like, you know, he BJ gets stuck with a big uh, hotel bill from, you know, when Bardnero faked his name and they're yelling and, you know, BJ goes, that's okay. He'll be walking back here in a few minutes. And Hawkeye's like walking back and BJ goes in that drunken voice. He goes, the only thing gassed up in that Jeep was us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that's always been one of my favorite lines. Because I, I was never a big BJ fan. Like, I just, he never really worked for me. And I think, like, when he managed to, to kind of punch through and find something funny to say, I always appreciated it more because he was not, he was not really one of my favorite characters on the show. Mm. No, with no offense to Mike Farrell, by the way, who's a very talented actor. Right. Okay, so I will go next. Um, the, these lines are from uh, Big Mac. <laughs> That's a good Love one. Love that one. Um, when I think Hawkeye said, uh, I don't remember if either Hawkeye or Trapper said this, God Almighty, close, very close. <laughs> yeah. um, and now lunch, they all up. <laughs> and then was there another one in here from that episode? Oh, your father was a horse. Our engagement is off. <laughs> That's right. He was oh yeah. Arthur. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got that on my list. So that one is a good one. And there's yeah. other, several really good lines in that one as well. Yeah. And yeah, so that's we'll, just we'll, the, we'll do a hysterectomy on major on major burns. It's efficient. <laughs> it's unanimous. We'll do a hysterectomy on major burns. Yeah. <laughs> that one for me is a classic episode. Like yes. that, one, that yes. one's way at the top of my list. Yeah, I would agree. That one is very funny. Um and actually some of the even like the not funny moments are still funny like when the the puzzled looks on all their faces when he finally comes through the camp in the jeep and he just keeps going out the other side they're all kind of like what what just happened like it's just like that, that that even that's the thing about those season three episodes like even when they weren't trying to be funny they were still funny because the cast mm -hmm. was just like you know they, they just had such great reactions to everything that's a great pick <laughs> okay bj you're up Oh, let's see here. What do I want? Um, let's go to Margaret's engagement. Mm. And actually, my my thing is uh, Frank slamming Margaret about a rage at the very end. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Oh, I don't know. A little youth might be nice for a change. <laughs> and the looks on everybody, and they're just like, mm. <laughs> 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 and, uh, I I think the convoy just took a direct hit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, that was that, one of the few times where, like, you know, a, a glimpse into where Hank or uh, Frank could have been one of the guys, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's why I love that scene so much, because it was one of the few times when I actually liked Frank Burke. It's like he it's just and and like he just delivers the line and it's it's kind of out of character for him, you know, especially to be so light in like such a tough what we all knew was a very tough moment for him. Mm -hmm. So that was I that's one that I love. I don't I, I don't I don't I'm not sure I laugh at it so much as I just really appreciate yeah. it because it's just um, it's one of the few times when they actually let Frank like almost be a human being and like, you know, mm -hmm. kind of let 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 his let, let some of his inside show it. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great moment. Okay, Ian, what do you got for us? Anything? That's a great question. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to go here? Um, well, here's an episode that I find to be pretty. Well, actually, I'm trying to think of where I want to go. Um, oh, yeah, this one is. I'll do this one. So, one of my actually my favorite bash episode of all time, not because it's funny, but just. Um, because it's my favorite is Sons and Bowlers, which um, gives us those just magical moments between Alan Alda and David Ogden Stiers, where they sort of, um, you know, as as longtime rivals, kind of set all that aside and and, and bond a little bit. 
Um, but no, the funny, the funny scene is, is when they're trying, so the whole plot really revolves around this, the fact that the Marines keep beating the 4077 at every sporting event that they try. So they decide to challenge them to bowling. And then the Marine commander gets this ringer to come in. Who's a former professional bowler, whose name I should remember, but it escapes me. At, at Ubanchik. Yeah. M- Marty Ubanchik. Right. So, so, you know, they're Colonel Potter's trying to find a way to neutralize, you know, uh, Ubanchik has an advantage and he tries to get Margaret to like, you know, get him, get him drunk and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And there's some great interplay between Margaret and, and Colonel Potter there. But eventually uh, Charles and BJ cock, concoct the scheme where they're going to put methylene blue in his beer and it turns your urine blue. So he runs out to the bathroom and, you know, cause he's been drinking so much beer and he, he comes out and he's freaking out. Like, you know, and he, he sees, Hawkeye and BG says it's blue, it's blue, and they sort of go through. They tell him he's got a uh, Kochner syndrome, right? Which of course is completely made up, and you know he can't bend. That's their their advice. You're not allowed to bend, for which of course makes it impossible for him to bowl. But he's like, oh, I got to tell my colonel right away, and they're like, no, 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 this isn't the kind of thing that nice people talk about in in you know in public. Tell him it's something a lot more embarrassing, like uh, VD. <laughs> <laughs> And again, it's just one of those moments when BJ actually drops like a really funny one-liner that I think it just made. And and actually, the the fact that it's BJ and Charles, I think, makes it even a little funnier because they're not really like you know they didn't get a lot of time together either, really. And and that seeing the three of them in that episode in general, where they're kind of all uh, you know interplaying with each other in a, in a positive way, was it just very good. But I love that line. Tell them it's something less embarrassing, like uh, BD. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good, that was a good one. That almost made my list. Almost. <laughs> I had to put. That's my favorite. I had to put something in there from Sons of Bowlers. That had to be on my uh, on my list because that is my all time favorite episode. Mm, that's a great one. All right, you're up. I'm up. I've got probably ten more. I'm looking down my list. I am fire off a few. You can you can give us a whole fire off a few. Yeah, give us a couple. My two favorite favorite moments for the very end. Um, but a few. I really like the episode Trial of Henry Blake. Hmm. My favorite scene is the uh bouncing Betty and he's narrating as they go around the camp. And I'm always amazed because I've been to that site. I don't know how, and I've said this on other podcasts, I don't know how. It looked that big. That space is not big in real life. And so I don't know. Angles will do magic for you. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's amazing what they can make things look like. It looks like so expansive. It's not. I mean, they might have been running around a a circle (laughs) that was 10 by 10. Like, it was tiny. It was absolutely tiny. And when you look at it, you know, you've got Henry up, up above. And then you just, I don't understand how they do all that. But that is, that is my, one of my favorite scenes of that episode. so that that's one of my one of my favorite episodes and then i will give one more and of course the i'm not so drunk as you think i am by margaret and the, <laughs> i love radar's response to her uh she says something like can i see colonel blake uh, you know and he's like yeah i wonder if you can see him too <laughs> i gotta throw a line out though from the trial of henry blake that is just an absolute classic when he's in the when he's in the courtroom and Meg Craddy comes in and she's pushing the pregnant Korean woman forward and she goes, "This is a sample of Henry Blake's work." And Henry's just like, "Oh God!" Oh my <laughs> God! I, I just connected the dots now. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
I'm today years old when I realized what yeah. that means. Yeah, Got they're it. yeah, they're like Henry's like, oh God. <laughs> this is not what I need right now. Yeah, that's a that one always gets me because Henry's face is just like it's it's priceless. It's priceless McLean Stevenson in that scene. That's a that's a very funny episode. Yes, it is. Okay, VJ, give us give us a couple. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, let's let's take a take a left turn into home movies. How great were the home movies? That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes, you know you got Henry's home movies where he's you know he's got Milton Sylvia Jaffe next door you know the gynecologist next door. <laughs> oh, that's handy. Everybody should have him. The gynecologist <laughs> next door, yeah. and he's got some really funny line about Sylvia. Boy, that's Sylvia oh, Jaffe really loaded for bear or something like that. So, yeah, <laughs> and then you got you have um, and there's nothing like a nurse. Then you have Frank's wedding video. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they invited a lot of a lot of chairs, <laughs> chairs, and then he gets the been, thing stuck on his face. Oh yeah, in the end when when they're when he's trying to drive the car and the wife's like sending them to the passenger seat, and then at the end of the episode, Margaret does the exact same thing to Frank when they're getting in the jeep. She forces him, and he kind of he kind of looks over at them and gives him like that embarrassed look. Oh, that is a classic. And Radar's home video too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. You and your mother look a lot alike, Radar. <laughs> yeah, that those were those were always some of my favorite like episodes when they had the home movies because they were always funny. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anything else you got for us, BJ? Oh, let's see. Well, um, <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, let's stay with Henry in in the ring banger when they get him drunk. And he's got the target practice. He's got to do like the night target practice. <laughs> Don't be Maria. This is a stick up. <laughs> and he's accused of being drunk. Oh, that's a dirty lie. I intend to press charges the minute I'm sober. Sober, yeah. Isn't that where he says your driver and he follows the general out of the office? Yeah. Your, oh, your yeah. driver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With the golf club, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. a great drunk. Oh my gosh. He was. And and actually he um although one of Harry Morgan's drunk moments did make it onto my list of funniest, Harry Morgan could never quite pull off drunk the way Henry could. Mm -hmm. Harry's always felt a little uh a little less real than than Henry's did. Mm-hmm. So we want to move to yours? Is it my turn or is it BJ's? It is, turn? I think, yeah. Okay. Me, I, I keep losing track of whose turn it is for stuff. So, uh, yeah. So, where do I want to go? Let me look at my list here and see which one I want to touch on. Uh, me, okay. Well, here's one of my all-time favorite scenes. Um, it because it just I can't help but crack up every time I see it. So, welcome to Korea. Um, which is the, the episode that introduces BJ to us. So, you know, they go through this uh, this you know trials and tribulations getting back to the 4077 uh you know they get they get uh caught in a mortar attack and you know bj finds the guy who's been essentially blown to bits and it's all very so of course on the way back there they're drinking and uh bj is is well in in his cups by the time he gets back to the uh to the to the camp and 
he gets out of the Jeep and Margaret and Frank, who is actually now the, the acting commanding officer, uh, is are standing there to meet him. And they're all very excited because they feel like he might be like, uh, you know, like a buttoned up kind of military guy like they are. And he gets out of the Jeep and he's like completely wobbling. He can't even stand and he snaps off a salute. and He goes, what's safe or face? And he just falls on his knees and he grabs Margaret around the waist. And it was just so perfect because it just you just it. It firmly established, you know, who BJ was going to be on the show, right? There was no hope that he was going to be a buttoned up, you know, uh, ally of Burns and Houlihan. He was firmly in the Hawkeye camp. And I, I've always felt that I always felt like Mike Farrell pulled that off really well, because that's not an easy thing to to do realistically. And I thought he did. I thought he did a very good job with that one. Speaking yeah. of, uh, of being believable drunks. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. Yeah, and then let's see what else do I have on my list here. Uh, I'm trying to think. Let's try and find one. Well, I'm going to definitely save that one for later in the... Oh, you know, here, I didn't touch on this one at all. The Smell of Music, which has some of my absolute favorite Charles scenes in it, but this one I always thought was really funny. So if you, uh, if you, if you can recall the plot of the episode... Charles gets a French horn that he keeps playing. And of course he's driving BJ and, and uh, Hawkeye crazy. So BJ and Hawkeye decide they're not going to shower to try and get back at him. And so, you know, Colonel Potter sort of lets this goes on for a little while, but then he, uh, you know, he, he sort of tries to get them to stop and they won't give up. And, and so the camp takes matters into their own hands in the form primarily of Margaret and, and Klinger. So, uh, they organize a, a group sort of wash down of BJ and Hawkeye. They, they soap them up and spray them with fire hoses and all this stuff. And then Charles is of course, you know, celebrating this. He thinks they're all kind of on his side. And then Margaret, as, as Charles is laughing and you know, sort of congratulating her, Margaret just slips the French horn out from under his <laughs> arm and, and lays it down in the road and, and whistles and has somebody come and run it flat over flat with a Jeep. And so Potter comes out and he's, you know, nobody really knows how he's going to react. And of course he's, uh, you know, he's a typical Colonel Potter. He's, he says, you know, Hawkeye, we're all confined to the officer's club for the duration of the whiskey. Winchester, Honeycutt and uh, Hawkeye are buying. And so, you know, they all start to walk off to the officer's club and Charles is standing there and he says, Colonel, what about my horn? And he's holding this, you know, mangled flat horn. And Potter looks at him and he just goes, well, by all means, Winchester, bring it along. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> and didn't he, at the very, very end of the episode, try to get somebody to fix it? The the So he we talked about the the statue earlier. It's the same guy, same guy. Who, yep. who carved the statue, repairs his horn for him. And it's just all connected to each other. There's no mouthpiece or anywhere to put it all one one circular pipe. Says, yeah, that's a good one. And then there's another. Actually, since we're we're throwing a few out, there's another episode. I cannot remember which um, which one it is, but Frank becomes the garbage officer, and uh, he's yelling at Radar because Radar didn't eat his whatever lettuce or something and mm. potter walks out and you know frank goes on one of his typical like we're wasting so much food and what if the enemy would get a hold of it and potter's just throwing these one-liners out he says what if the enemy got a hold of this and potter says we probably win the war <laughs> and then you know he's like he's like i want to know what's going to happen with this and he's like this is good army food you know going to waste and potter looks at him and he goes well by all means winchester if you think it's edible you eat it. And he kind of gives this like little sort of like shrug, like, and then he just, he walks off. Like just, I always thought they let 
they let Harry Morgan have a couple of really good one-liners. And he did, he would use that little kind of like almost playful shrug, like, you know, like every once in a while to kind of put an exclamation point on the laugh. <laughs> and that was one of the ones that I always thought really worked well. Nice. Okay, I am up. I counted up how many I have left. I have one, I have like six, five or six. So well, we're, The day is getting long, Carrie, so why don't you rattle them off and... Uh, We'll, we'll cover them. We'll cover a few of them, and then we'll do another round, and then I'll say my top two to three. Yeah, I'm going to save my top. There. One. I I have one that's just it's just too good not to save for last. Okay, and and my top three ish are the same theme, so similar, same characters, different episodes. Okay, so mine are the banana daiquiri where Henry goes into the officer's club and says he wants a banana daiquiri and then explains what's in it. And the bartender's like, we don't have any bananas. We don't have this. We don't have that. Yeah. That that's the episode where they get the officer's yeah, club. That's all yeah, officers yeah. that's yeah. officers only. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted a banana daiquiri. I don't think I've ever had a banana daiquiri, even though I thought for years I would get a banana daiquiri. Well, having had one, I can tell you, you're not really missing that much. Yeah, agreed. Unless you're a big banana fan, in which case, you know, you may be... Uh, we don't like bananas, but I always thought it'd be really cool. Like strawberry daiquiris, those, those are okay. I mean, yeah, they're delicious. Yeah. I don't know. Banana doesn't... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Banana doesn't lend itself well to anything other than a banana, like, that you eat in the morning because it's good for your potassium. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never equated bananas with like, like I don't like banana splits. Like, uh, you know, like it, man, just no. I have to eat bananas because they're good for me, but I don't want them in anything else that I've had. But yeah, that is a great, that is a great line because he's, he's going through just in such great detail. Like, you know, he, he's clearly, you know, relishing <laughs> the idea of getting this banana daiquiri, and you know, he, he just sort of ends up with you know crestfallen because once again he's been foiled by Korea. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, the beer. <laughs> yeah, so oh, then my beer. next moment is uh, in Army Navy game. I think it is what kind of bomb? An unexploded bomb when he goes out and yells at them. Oh, that kind of bomb. That kind of bomb. <laughs> so I really like that one. Also, how did I not have Army Navy game on my list? That's got yeah, so that's many funny scenes. Yeah, that's a it really does. good one. It does. It really does. And then Frank winning uh, the foot race in bulletin board. <laughs> Because he, he and Margaret are fighting, and he's running away from her, and then he wins. I thought that was kind of funny. That um, is funny. I forgot about that one, too. Yeah. And then two more, and then the next go-round, I'll say, or no, two more. Uh, well, yeah, two more. Um, I like Oatmeal and Boo in April Fool's episode. Oh, April Fool's is on my list. Yeah, that was one of the ones I was just going to cover. Yep. yep. And then uh, Downtown Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> now oh. you're in downtown Berlin. That's another one where, yeah, that's so good. Because that's another one where it's like wrapped around this very serious thing. Like Radar's stuck in the middle of a minefield holding a child that like, you know, and yeah, that it, Henry drops that line. It's just freaking hysterical. How many grids are, yeah. how many lights are in the grid? <laughs> yeah, how many lights are in a grid? Two pints. <laughs> and Henry's like, I don't know, two pints and a quart for <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> yeah so those, that's another good that's another good like sort of low-key like or see that's what i'm talking about like that's like a buried you know season one to three moment because there's it's just so there's so many other ones that are just hysterical but that is absolutely a great scene i've always thought that was hysterical not your 
Square in the heart of downtown Berlin. <laughs> Berlin? <laughs> the World War II surplus map. Yeah. Okay, so those are Great those pick. are my favorite. The next time up, I'll say my my final three. So BJ. Right. BJ. Oh, ooh, do several, and then you do your final two or three next time around. Oh, let's see. Um, shoot. Where am I going to go? Because, man, well, okay, this is really kind of off. But Dear Dad again, Hawkeye and Trapper are in the swamp and they're bored. And um, Hawkeye is telling Trapper a knock-knock joke. For whatever reason, this kills me. Knock-knock. Who's there? Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln who? Don't you know me? And then there's a beat. <laughs> And Trapper's like, that's awful. Okay, can I do another one? No. Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson who? Was Abe Lincoln just here? <laughs> and then Trapper's like, Hawkeye, I never liked you. I don't, I actually don't know that I remember that scene. Oh I'm going to have to, what episode was that in? That is in uh, Dear Dad Again. Okay, I gotta pull that one up because I don't. Just, I don't know that I remember that scene. It is just, you know, it's probably one that Larry Galbart just sat on and he just tucked it in this episode. That it always, you know, when I was doing my list, I'm like, okay, what makes me like literally laugh out loud? And it, I can't help it. And that that dumb thing that always stuck with me. <laughs> All right. That, I, yeah, that scene. I gotta look that up. That's that sounds riotous, but I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Got it. It's just so dumb, and it's, <laughs> you know, it's, I really get it. It's like what? Let's see here. Well, this was like that absurdist humor that they did every once in a while. That was just so silly. It was silly. You know, it was funny. But, you know, that early on they had a lot of that where they just would do like outrageous like things that were just ridiculous. But it just it was so ridiculous it made you laugh. <laughs> Let me hit back on, let's, because Henry, I hope, Carrie, I'm not stealing anything from you. Um, But with Henry, you know, I just have to agree with you, like, what a gem Henry is. And there's a couple that I'm pulling out uh, on a theme is his reaction when Margaret is talking for Frank. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. I don't know they're, in, they're in Henry's office and she is just freaking and Frank is just silent and Margaret's just going on and Henry like finally will stop there's a couple different scenes one's from uh, Raiders Report and one's from LIP but it's like Frank please try to say something even a gurgling sound would help <laughs> look you keep this up and someone's going to do an autopsy on you right <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one Oh well, you know. Speaking of autopsies and Frank Burns, uh, what about what about the toe tag? Oh, dear tag, yes. Yeah, dear tag. Yeah, what is it? Emotionally, morally, something emotionally exhausted and morally bankrupt, yes. right? That's a great one. Yeah. yeah, poor Frank was the butt of a lot of the funny moments in. Uh, well, and rightfully so, honestly. Yeah, right. Well, he was, you know, early on. That's why his character was a little disappointing because early on he was clearly supposed to be the foible for the comedy, right? Like that's where they centered mm-hmm. it all. But when they moved away from that more, you know, mm-hmm. kind of early sort of slapsticky comedy feel and into more serious, they just should have let him have a chance. It just, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, I know I harp on that, but it's just, it really bugs me. I would have loved to have seen what, what could have happened with Frank mm. if he had become a human. <laughs> right. There's a there's another line, So I think it's Hawkeye maybe, where Margaret's talking for Frank and Hawkeye says something, it's amazing, and her his lips don't even move or something <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> Are you just going to stand there and wait until the birds cover you? Yeah. With All right, let's see what I have on my list here that I haven't covered yet. Well, one of the episodes that I always find uh, sort of humorous just overall is Trick or Treatment. Um, it has a couple of like really funny lines, like like uh, George went with the pool ball in his mouth is really great, um, you know, and, and Charles sort of pretending he doesn't understand what the guy's there for, you know, and he's like, oh, I see what the problem is. You have a pool ball in your mouth. Like, that episode has a lot of really funny moments in general and it's like kind of a, but again it's another one where it's wrapped around like you know because mm -hmm. if, if i'm not mistaken i think that's the one where hawkeye and bj and margaret end up with the dying soldier right and like in and in, in the or, or is that that might be the christmas episode i mean yeah that's yeah that takes yeah. a holiday yeah that takes a holiday right that is that takes a holiday which i don't think had any really funny moments uh i'm trying to go through a lot of the ones that i had on my list were ones that you guys already covered um well there is actually a, a funny henry morgan moment that always kind of makes me chuckle i think it's in the last laugh when they come back that's i think that might be the uh that may be the same episode as the leo it might be the leo yeah, bardnero episode uh -huh. yeah and they come back from uh celebrating that um you know, that, that BJ got acquitted. And of course they're drinking scotch in the Jeep and, you know, they show Hawkeye and he's weaving, and he's driving mm -hmm. off the road the whole way and everything. And, uh, and they get back and, and Henry Morgan starts, he's all dressed in his class A's and he kind of walks off and he stumbles and falls down <laughs> and they, they help him up and he looks at them and he's like, did I fall down? And they're like, no, no. And he's like, I didn't think so. Like with this, like, sort of, and he kind of wanders off. That's a great. That one always yeah. makes me laugh. And then, which I'm actually surprised nobody else mentioned this one because I always thought this was really funny. Um, and again, I can't remember the episode name, but um, I think I think uh, Hawkeye and and Potter have to go to the aid station, and they get pinned down by sniper fire, and they're hiding in the trench. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and Hawkeye and. Uh, Potter gets up and he's you know shooting at the and you know Hawkeye's like what are you doing don't shoot at them you're gonna make them mad and and he's and so he says you know you gotta you gotta shoot at them too and Hawkeye's like no I'm not gonna do that and then he he says Pierce fire that weapon and Hawkeye looks at his gun and he goes okay you're fired I did it as gently as I could <laughs> that was a good one that was a good one yeah Hawkeye, that's get your gun <laughs> Hawkeye, yeah they have it there's a couple of i mean it even like, and then later you know when hawkeye just starts firing the gun up in the air and screaming look out here it comes <laughs> that one's pretty funny too i always thought that was great let's see what else do i have on my list then we covered radar's little brother we covered movie tonight bird imitations uh there's a couple ones that i didn't mention from smell of music which i think are funny when uh when <laughs> after they run over charles's uh French horn. He picks it up and he gives one of his classic rants. And he calls them barbarians and visigoths. And he says, "Do you realize you've taken the last vestige of Western civilization left here, and you've run it under your pagan wheels?" <laughs> and he just has this like great, like just outraged look on his face. It was that that one always makes me laugh too. 
I think that's other than my top funniest moment. I think we've covered all mine, which I'm, I'm holding on to my top funniest moment. And I have to say, uh, if it's not on both of your lists, I'll be shocked. Because to me, it's the single funniest moment in the whole series. Oh, goodness. Oh, the all right, Carrie. Oh, God, the pressure's on now. <laughs> my my top funniest moments are when Henry does his sex ed lectures. <laughs> Birth control, BD, and what was the other one? Figures, that you know, figures A and B. Figure A and figure B, yeah. <laughs> yeah, figure A, figure B. And figure B has a nice figure. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so those, that, those three, those three moments are my, my in my top, because it's all the same theme, but different episodes. Yeah, and of course, Henry is just so incredibly uncomfortable the whole time. It's really... <laughs> and then he just sort of, like, dismissed, and he walks, mm -hmm. away, walks out. <laughs> anyway, I don't think that was your top... I don't know if you guys had that as your top one. I don't think so. But I did not. But I, I have to say, I'm shocked that you didn't list this one. But let's see, maybe maybe BJ got maybe, it on our list. We'll see. Yeah, maybe BJ can, can uh, you know... Hmm. I'm looking for the top one. Damn. Um, top two? Let's see. Give them all. Um, well, gosh, down. My, my, my favorite opening scene is the incubator. Oh, my God. That one. That one's hilarious. Yeah, uh, nobody it, mentioned that. That's actually really funny. That wasn't on my list either. It should have I missed it. I love that. It was on my, the incubator. I missed it. Yes, it's on my list. <laughs> incubator inoculator man oh here it is just right in pizza oven where it says machine yeah. but i love thar she blows thar yeah. she blows, she blows. <laughs> and then he has his cigar in his mouth and it goes from up to down because yeah like, yeah, one. yeah uh yeah that i mean that one is a really great one just through and through yeah no doubt i can't uh, believe i didn't uh, i didn't even think of that one that's classic uh, let's see um another one that i that i really love uh is crisis when they're all like yes crammed into you know a tent mm -hmm. and, you know stepping in and uh yeah they're just like piled on top of each other i i absolutely love that one from stem to stern there's just so many good lines like uh oh, let me find it uh um uh, hawkeye and before like everybody piles into the swamp you know uh it's banter between trapper and hawkeye and what's for dinner brick again i gotta heat my cot i'm gonna invent an electric bedpan yeah sure you scoff they laughed at Orville Wright when he invented his brother, his brother Wilbur. Wilbur. <laughs> he said he would never get him off the ground. Oh, that's a classic. You're right. That's an awesome that. one. This yeah. is where the Ritz hit the fan. <laughs> is that the one at the very end where Henry's talking to them and saying, I'm, I'm sitting in the middle of the big empty? Yep. Oh, God. yep. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. That That's an awesome uh that's just an awesome episode in general. Yeah, just, yeah, throughout the whole thing, it's just so sharp. Is that your favorite favorite of the series? Uh, that's my favorite favorite. Well, gosh, I mean, 
Suzanne. You got Tuttle. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, not a single Tuttle mention, oh, which is really Tuttle. surprising because that's. Yeah, I really love Tuttle. Yeah, I like it. But... <laughs> yeah, I always found that one a little overrated. Like, I mean, I like it. It's funny, but it's not like. I don't know. It's not one of my favorite. I, it's mm-hmm. clever. It's cute. But like, I really do like when they're making up his fake background. Like, that's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Polytechnical, you know. <laughs> and Margaret, of course, salivating as she's reading mm-hmm. his bio, you know. Yeah. That's funny, too. I don't know where you got, Ian. Any other Okay. Now, I think, I, I, I hope that when I mention this episode, you're both going to be like, oh, how could I possibly have left that off my list? <laughs> Because I do think it's like the single funniest scene in all of MASH history. I already and told you mine, so it's out. Al- no, you're going to go, no, no, I was wrong. You're right, Ian. This one is funnier. Alcoholics Unanimous. Nobody mentioned Alcoholics Unanimous? Oh, with the, with the when, when, they're, when, the, when the three of Margaret and Trapper and Hawkeye are in the swamp, and Frank walks in, and they're, the interchange between them, yeah. and not even... They, Go watch Trapper. Focus only on uh-huh. Trapper the entire time because he does this, like, there's, I don't even remember. Frank goes on this big, long rant, and all of a sudden, Trapper just goes like, <laughs> like and he just, but no, the best line by far is when Frank walks out of the tent and Margaret oh, yes. just goes, who was that? Yeah. <laughs> I have that on my list, yes. That, to me, is just, that is the fun, because it's so, like, it, it's just so perfect. Like when you want their reactions, you're just like unbelievable. You can't believe that they're not actually three drunk people in a tent making fun of him when he walks in. Oh, it's just so funny. On that scene, watch Larry Linville. He is so close to, to dying. Yeah, I know. I He just can't. He's like barely holding it He's together. He's just holding on. It is so funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, there's a couple of times when I almost felt like they changed the camera angle because they couldn't get a, a shot of him because there's a few like wonky camera angles where I feel like they just they had to like go away from him because he just broke up because he's having that has got to be really hard can you imagine trying to be the straight man in that scene like yeah. I mean that's got to be brutal oh that scene I every time I see that episode I just am I can't like for like an hour later I just randomly chuckle but Trapper to me steals the scene Cause he's like, well, and then like when they're singing, the, you know, when they're like, come on in, like watch Trapper. I don't know if he's just pretending that he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing or if he really was. Cause he's like, he looks confused for a minute and he's kind of like, and then he's saying the wrong words and he's like mm-hmm. clapping off beat and everything. It's like, it's just, he, Wayne, uh, Wayne Rogers was just so, I have to say, I generally prefer all of the replacement cast over the original, but I would not have minded if Wayne Rogers had stayed on instead of BJ. I would have loved to have seen what he would have done with Charles. <laughs> no, but it's, all right, Carrie. It's interesting you mentioned how Trapper was kind of not, I mean, he wasn't like, when I look at that, when I think of that scene, I think of him being, yeah, kind of like two steps behind Hawkeye and Margaret in that scene. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, I don't know like, if that's intentional because he's right. supposed to be so drunk or if right. he's just like, if he was just out, I, I don't know. But that's, whatever it is, it works. It makes it works. magic on the screen. It's hysterical. Yeah. That's an awesome, awesome scene. And the who was that was truly ad-libbed. Who was that? Was it? Yes. Loretta Swit said it was truly ad-libbed. Yeah, that's apparently one of the very few ad-lib lines never yeah. made it into a final, uh, into yeah. a final cut. Yeah. 
Okay, do we have any others? Any other funny scenes before we end today? Not that I would put in my top 25. I think we really did it. We had some really good, <laughs> some good list. That was a good, there were some good episodes we went over there. <laughs> uh, so I'll put one more in, mm -hmm. just one. And it's in Dear Sigmund when uh, the air raid. Air raid! I almost had the friends into the foxhole. He sold that. That was great. Well, he almost did this cartoony thing where, like, when he runs, his feet are almost going in the air as he's, like, going into the... I remember watching that and, and being like, why did he do that? Like, it's just like... Yeah, that was a good one. That's actually... That, that, I thought about that one when I was putting my list together, and then I forgot mm -hmm. to put it on at the end. Mm -hmm. A couple mm -hmm. other honorable mentions for just funny episodes, like the MASH Olympics. Like, I always thought yes. that one was kind of funny. Oh, my God. Um, yes. You know, where they're, uh, where, where, like, they're doing the crutch race, and I don't remember. Somebody falls and, like, takes the crutch <laughs> and, like, knocks somebody else's crutch out from under them, and then they're like... Like, that one was had some pretty funny, um, some pretty funny scenes in it. Isn't that where Hawkeye says it's all done with mirrors? It's all done with mirrors, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a line I use. It's all done with mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> that is the line I use. Wow, yeah. this was a lot of fun. I want to thank you both for doing this today. Uh, wait, little... hold on, hold on. Yeah. We left out one episode that cannot uh -oh. go without being mentioned. <clears throat> and again, this is one that I thought about in the beginning, and it just popped back in my mind. No, but we didn't mention Adam's ribs. No. <laughs> Which has the classic, you know, we want something oh, right. else scene, right? When he goes on the rampage. That's another one that I remember from being, from just being a kid. And I have to say, the ending of that episode always bugged me. I hated that Hawkeye didn't get to eat his ribs. That felt oh, so unfair. Also, <laughs> Hopefully like, um, afterwards. Hopefully. Yeah. After I mean, you would, you would like to think so. Hopefully. But I love listening to Jeff Maxwell talk about that scene. Yeah. And about how, how brilliant he thought Alan Alda was in... in doing that scene and dancing around and climbing on things and yeah. really cool to hear yeah. that's another one of those scenes that just must be hard to do in a genuine way you know because it's a little like it's not it's not particularly relatable you know like who's going to go on a rant about liver and fish but he sold it perfectly like yeah you're just completely believable and then of course <laughs> there's the classic line later when Klinger marches and he says you got succotash on my stole <laughs> <laughs> Right. That yeah, that episode always comes up on a like a top ten list. You know what we didn't uh have on our list thinking of that that is feel me out. Mm. Yeah, that's that a really be, funny episode. Always yeah. shows up. Always. Yeah. That's on my list, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> hey, but there weren't a lot of clinger. I feel like their clinger had some pretty funny scenes. We didn't we didn't do what about the big pink the big red bird with fuzzy pink feet? That's always <laughs> Yeah. I thought that was a cute episode, cute part of the episode. Maybe we'll have to. Uh, maybe we all mentioned between twenty-five and fifty. Maybe we'll have to do a follow-up to this one. That's, uh, you know, the second-tier funniest mash episodes of all time. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Clinger would definitely hit twenty-five to fifty. Yes, sure. there'd be a lot of Clinger. Oh my God! Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Any other last moments that we are thinking about right now? Mm -hmm. I'm good. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Carrie. I really appreciate it. I, I love this. I love this. I think it went really well, and I'm really glad you both joined, and it was kind of like, let's see what we can do here. So thank you. And hopefully I'll have you both back on if you want to come visit again. I would, would 
would love to have the chance to do it again. I always love talking bash with, with other fans. So anytime yeah. I'll take the. Same anytime. So that was the interview I had with Ian and BJ, and I'm really happy they joined me again. I want to thank them for their time. It was wonderful to talk with them and hear what they thought the funniest moments of MASH were. And I just really enjoyed it. And I hope you do too. Stay tuned for our next episode coming up in a couple of weeks.